What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to chat with William Beckman over Zoom video. William was born and raised in Del Rio, Texas, and he talks about how he got into music, started playing guitar at the end of middle school into high school, and became fascinated with songwriting, but uh, he never really showed anyone these songs until he got into college. After high school, he moved to Austin, Texas. He was working on a degree in business all while trying to really get his artist project off the ground, learning to write better and better songs. After a couple years in Austin, he moved to Nashville to finish up college. While in Nashville, he was just working on his craft, going back between Nashville and Texas to play different shows. He talked about how one of his songs made it onto the radio in, in Texas and this cool story about these local artists local Texas artists, how they have their own radio charts there. And a lot of different stations will play a lot of local artists or native Texan artists. And that's kind of how he got discovered. He got discovered at one of these radio shows. He talks about how that landed him booking agents and management and eventually a deal with Warner Chapel. And he also talks to us all about his most recent record, which is called Faded Memories. You can watch our interview with William on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, or Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with William Beckman. Cool, man. Well, uh, again, I appreciate you doing this. My name is Adam, and this is about you, your journey in music, and we'll talk about the uh, new record you have out. Sweet. Thank you, Adam. Sweet. Uh, so tell me, born and raised, you said, in, in Texas. Tell me about yeah. that. What part? Uh, so I am from Del Rio, Texas, which is a small town on the Mexican border. I uh, lived in uh, in Del Rio up until I was uh, graduated from high school, and then I moved to Austin for a couple years, and then I moved to Nashville after that. So, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been quite the journey, but Del Rio is is always been my my home. That's cool. Like whereabouts in Texas? Because I I mean I'm from San Diego, which is a border town as well. So I'm curious to where like what is the 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 city on the other side? Like Mexico uh, City. The name of the town that borders uh, Del Rio is called Acuna. Um, okay. And it, it's a small town in the state of Coahuila. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great little town. It's pretty famous for a couple different things, but uh, lots of videos have been, uh, or sorry, movies have been done. Uh, there's, there's a famous movie called Desperado. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with the guitar case and the guns and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, Antonio yeah, Banderas. That was a rat. I forgot about that movie. That was yeah, a great movie. Robert Rodriguez film. Um, so yeah, that's that's one of the famous films that was done down there. And what's crazy is we just did. We just filmed uh, two days ago. We filmed a music video in that same bar where that shootout. Oh takes. yeah, yeah. That was really neat. I'm I'm excited about it. That's awesome. That's yeah. so cool. So would you go down there pretty often or no? Yeah, when I was when I was really young, we would go there quite quite frequently, and and we still go to today. It's a lot of it's a lot of fun, and it's safe, and there's nothing to worry about there for a while. It was it was a little bit kind of 
shady to to do that but it's it's anytime you're dealing with uh international travel it can get kind of squirrely sometimes but sure yeah we used but, to go down to tijuana all the time in the border yeah. town yeah i mean as as young as i can remember like my grandma like loved going to tijuana if so we'd go down there and like barter and buy a bunch yeah. of crap <laughs> it was, yeah. it was rad. eat the food man the food oh yeah, yeah the tacos and everything else down there too mexican food is is uh to die for yeah yeah that's awesome so because you speak spanish as well i do i actually do yes and was that something that you learned growing up or your parents speak spanish yeah. at all spanish my my uh siblings speak spanish and most people that live around del rio do um it's just kind of it's it's kind of second nature to you everybody everybody speaks spanish so uh, you better learn how to pick it up. Otherwise, they'll start talking about you behind your back. You need to, <laughs> you know. <what laughs> yeah, dude, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's not as much in, in San Diego where I was at. But I mean, you yeah, you definitely needed you picked up Spanish pretty quickly right. as you kind of went went about your life down there. So yeah. that, that's cool. Yeah, because I know you you use that in your, in your music a bit. Uh, you know, you, you translate back from Spanish and English, but um, I'm curious what got you into music and how old were you? Uh, see, I'm 26 years old now. And I suppose I started playing music when I was eight or nine. I started playing piano and then I sort of transitioned into playing the guitar, but I don't know. I just really kind of became an interest, interested in, in it at a young age. And uh, I had a really, really good mentor when I was in high school, his name's Radney Foster. And, uh, he's also from, from Del Rio. And that's kind of how we, we'd connected. He lives in Nashville, but, um, had was born and raised in Del Rio. So we had mutual people that we knew and he got, he's the one that I credit to gotten me into songwriting. And, and the one that really convinced me to, to pursue it as a, as a career, um, so I, I leaned on him very early on when I was about 15, 16 years old. I, he, I didn't really know how to write songs back then. And he was the one that really encouraged me to do that. So Radney Foster was uh, a big influence on me. That's kind of how I, he, he just lived in your town or, or I mean, my town, he lives in Nashville, very accomplished, yeah. uh, very, very famous songwriter. Yeah, and, and, but pre, but prior to that, was he, or he's from your town. So you knew, met him in uh, Nashville. Yeah, I, I, exactly. He was the one person that I, can, like I could connect with in Nashville and he was the gotcha. one that's into it. Yeah. Okay. So you started playing piano at early age and then in, around 15 is when you started songwriting. Yeah. Is that what you said? Started writing songs around 15, 16. Okay. And were you playing in a band or they just songs you wrote and wrote? And I, I did have, house? I was in a cover band uh, and all throughout high school and we played just cover songs. Again, I wasn't really much of a songwriter. None, none of us really were, uh, but it, I knew it was something that I I wanted to get into and that I sort of had to because it's hard to make a career out of just singing other people's songs. So I, I, I knew that at some point sooner or later, we, we were going to have to start writing our own music. And, uh, and I, I sort of took the initiative to do that. And uh, by the time I got into college, I was, I was barely starting to feel comfortable as a songwriter, feel like I was actually coming up with songs that were halfway decent. So it was a it was a couple years of writing really really uh, <laughs> pitiful songs before I started feeling comfortable with it. Okay, and do you remember that moment? Were you living in Austin? I mean, you said you went to Austin first and then Nashville. Like, yeah, where did I, that kind of come together? 
I think it was sometime when I was living in Austin that I started to think that they were starting to to be good. You know, most most of the time people would ask me to sing songs I'd written. I was too I was too shy because I didn't think they were any good. But I remember that period of my life where I was like, yeah, I can play something. And I'm playing something. They're like, wow, that's great. And I'm like, thank you. You know, and it's it's started to evolve from there. And now I look back on mo- like most of those songs and think that they weren't that good <laughs> because uh, you're always sort of critiquing yourself and you're looking back right. on your work and you're always a little bit hard on yourself. But but they weren't bad songs, you know, <laughs> they were actually pretty, pretty decent. And uh, and now I feel even more comfortable than I than I did back then. So mm-hmm. it's been a, it's been a very uh, big growing process. You know, it's been a, it's been a, interesting to see the growth. Sure. Do you remember the song or the moment that you were like, I, I feel like I feel comfortable enough playing this for someone? I don't really remember the song, but I remember like. I remember several songs I, in my mind, they're all sort of sort of lumped together by these eras of my life. You know, every mm-hmm. year, everywhere I lived, um, you know, every every songwriter's got the COVID sessions now, everything. That you came oh, up yeah. You're <laughs> half of being cooped up you know it's kind of blocked off in your mind as these different these different little eras and and uh and that when that moment that uh era of my life when i was living in austin i think was when i started to come out of my shell a little bit and be more comfortable and maybe confidence maybe that's the word i'm looking for is having having the confidence to to go out there and and play songs for people and and tell people that I was a songwriter. And then once I moved to Nashville, it only got better from there because every, I was surrounded by so many songwriters and you learn and you pick up so much and you collab with people. And, uh, it, it, it only re- helps you refine your, your craft that much more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What did you go to, uh, Austin for music? No, I, I was studying, uh, I was studying business. And then when I, when I moved to, when I transferred over to Belmont university, I, I stuck with the business program, but, uh, uh, Belmont is really big in the music business. That's true. Sure. So I was able to change my major uh, to the music, to a music business major. And, uh, and that's what I ended up graduating with. Okay. And yeah. what made you decide to go to Belmont? Was it, were you going to like a community college in Texas that you wanted to transfer through or like, like no. what made you decide, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to leave this school, this area and I'm going to move to Nashville. I, I knew that I wanted to, check Nashville out. It wasn't, uh, it, there wasn't like a very specific reason for it. I, I had a couple friends that had, that had gone to Belmont and, and said that they really liked it. And, and I applied, I remember applying and thinking to myself, if I got accepted, I, I'd be over the moon. But if I didn't, and I had to stay in Austin, I'd be just as content. Mm-hmm. So really a very stressful transition for me. Uh, when I did get accepted, I, I knew that I wanted to stick with the music business program because at Belmont, there's there's kids that'll study uh, commercial voice, which basically means they can sing incredibly well, and that's what their major is. And there's students that'll that'll have songwriting as their as their major. I mean, that's what they're getting a degree in. I didn't want that. I did. I didn't want anybody to sort of teach me how to write songs. I, I felt like I was doing a decent decent job of figuring it out on my own. I wanted somebody to teach me kind of how to make, how to make money, you know, how to make, right, a, make a living. Right. <laughs> I don't, 
I can take singing lessons on the side and I can take songwriting classes on the side. But when it comes to getting a degree, I wanted to figure out how to actually take what I'm doing and, and apply that into the real world and into the music business and try to figure out how to, how to make a career, whether mm -hmm. that's as an artist, a manager, um, a publisher, you know, there's all kinds of different things that, that, uh, you could, you could do. And so I knew that if it didn't work out for me as an artist or as a songwriter, I wanted to be involved in the music business some, in some other aspect. And that, that degree helped give me the, the education that I think was necessary to, to do that. Mm -hmm. So did you finish at Belmont and then you just the whole time you're just continuing to write songs and meet people? Like what was the I, like trans, like when did the artist career start going? I graduated in 2017 and I was writing songs all throughout my time in, in Nashville as a student. Um, and then I, I sort of stayed in, in Nashville for about a, about a year before I decided to quit my job that I had. I had like a bartending job and I quit that. And then I, I just went all in, started, put a record out and then started booking shows myself, which was fun. <laughs> It was fun at times and it wasn't at others, but uh, we did that for about a year. And then shortly after that, I got picked up by William Morris. So they started booking me, which helped. Oh. I didn't oh, have yeah. to book myself anymore. And then I got a publishing deal with Warner, uh, with Warner Chapel and a management deal with Red Light Management. So that those three big deals really helped change my life. And, uh, and now here we are. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's pretty, that's incredible. So like, what was that first um, land? I mean, to get the, the booking agency on board, like how did you meet those people and, and that happened? That happened through a, one of my best friends now, now who, uh, who's a very accomplished singer songwriter. His name's Randy Rogers. Mm -hmm. And um, I met him. I, I'm a huge fan of his. And I was when I was in high school, I was playing all his songs and he was, he had caught wind of me and saw me play in Texas. And, and he's the one that sort of took me under his wing and helped open all those doors for me. And yeah, him and I are like best friends now. He's, he's like a big brother to me. I wouldn't have it so cool. if it wasn't for him. So I've got to give him some credit. Is he the one that introduced you then to Warner Chapel and, yeah. and red light management and all that? He's like with a snap of his finger, it was it was done. It was a done deal. It's pretty awesome. That's so crazy. Do you did, did he tell you like when he saw you? Like, do you remember him seeing you? Like, did you were you aware he was at the show in Texas or? Yeah, it was it was uh, this big radio award show that they do every year in Texas, and he he was there, and I I saw him from a distance, but then they I, I had the opportunity to sing one song in front of everybody, and so I sang a song and. Uh, he came up to me after the show and invited me on his tour bus to hang out and have a beer. And, and so we did, and we kind of hit it off. And ever since then, he's been, he's That's been really so crazy. You know, and it's, it, I, I feel like it's a cliche thing to say, you know, it's sometimes it's, it's not what you know, it's who, you know, but I think, I think that moment in my life really made me realize it, it's not, it's pretty true because one person it doesn't take away anything from your talent or, or the hard work that you've put in, but one person, one contact can really help open up an incredible amount of doors for you and, and, and make things move a lot faster versus trying to build those relationships organically by yourself without any help. 
So, um, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was kind of funny. The fact that I had to temporarily move back to Texas and play shows, which is what got me the opportunity to, to make some of these deals happen back in Nashville. So mm -hmm. it was pretty ironic, but it was, it's awesome. That is so cool. Um, with the, I'm just curious now about the radio show. How did you get that one? I had a radio promoter, an independent radio promoter, uh, that got me into that award show in Texas, yeah. their own, um, radio circuit. So there's these radio stations that'll play a lot of independent artists, a lot of Texas artists, and, and they have their own, uh, their own radio chart that, every week. So you can have a song that goes number one in Texas based off of all the songs that are getting spun in the state. Really? So, I, that's crazy. Cause I come from radio. I did radio for 17 years. And I yeah. didn't, we didn't, I, well, I only worked in California, but I didn't know they did that in Texas. Yeah. That's so awesome. Terrestrial radio uh, chart. And, and so of course, a lot of us, we, we pay attention to that and who's getting the most spins in, in the state. And uh, anyway, there's a lot of independent radio promoters too. That'll help you help your song get up on the chart. And my radio promoter at the time was the one that took my first single and started pushing it to radio. And she was the one that got me in, in the door to do that uh, award show at, at the end of, uh, at the end of the year. And, and that's where I met all those, all those really cool people. That's incredible. Where was the show at? Was it in uh, like Houston? Yeah, I'll never forget. It was Arlington, Texas. Oh, Arlington, okay. Probably in early 2019, maybe. And uh, yeah, it was really honestly the night that changed my life. I met a lot of great people that night, and uh, and it really kind of helped me uh, do what I'm doing now. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's awesome. I love to hear stories like that where like the radio actually helps <laughs> build a career, especially in 2019. I feel like the, like I, I was a part of a lot of bands, you know, getting kind of ex exposure in that, in that realm and, and seeing them kind of take off over, over the course of years. But to see that in 2019, like, I, I mean, I couldn't remember that really happening. The last few times were like maybe Portugal, the man or like now I guess glass animals, but like yeah. other than that, like, it's cool to hear like something from like 2019, which isn't that long ago. And especially right before the pandemic, because then that's when everything went out the window. But like to hear that, that's, that's so awesome. Yeah, no, it's really, it, it is cool to, to think about. Um, and, and I love, you know, I, I still listen to a lot of radio today. Sometimes when I don't know what to put on, on the, you know, on my Spotify, I, I'll just tune into whatever's playing and again a lot of it especially when i'm in texas a lot of it's terrestrial radio so you just put it on fm and find a country station and then you'll end up coming across some songs that you've never heard of before so you always shazam it and you look them up and it's some some artist with you know 1500 followers on instagram and he, that's it, so crazy i found you on the radio bizarre that's amazing like they don't again they don't really do that we're, we're the markets i was in there was local shows specific to that city and they were like on sunday night you know it wasn't like you could cruise around at you know thursday at 5 30 and hear uh like some unknown person it, yeah that's great it's, it's it's awesome and and they've got a really good yeah they're pretty picky i mean if, they, if you if they spin you on the radio then then that's that's great but yeah i mean sometimes it's just some sometimes it could be like 
some high school kid, some some high school girl that just dropped an EP and the songs are amazing and they uh, get makes its way to the radio. And that's it's, cool. It's crazy. Wow. Okay. So having all that kind of happen in 2019, you said that early 2019 was when that all kind of came together for you. So then yes. you make you make all the you got the now you got a booking agent, you've got a manager, you're you got a pub deal with Warner Chapel, and you're, you're probably like, okay, you know, it's happening, it's finally happening, and then what like a year later the whole entire country shuts down and like where were you pre, like pre when that happened like when the, all these things are kind of landing are you do you have a record ready to come out and then does that delay everything or like how, like i guess walk me through like the end of 2019 where you were and then how the obviously 2020 crushed everybody and what was that like we were about to go into the studio and make a record before everything happened and and that record was essentially the record that just came out uh the, the same songs there were a couple new newer songs that that were written that were added onto that project but yeah it stopped everything everything mm -hmm. for me things were starting to feel really good and feel like they were moving and that and the shows were going really well and of course everybody had to had to quit for a little while but uh yeah it was hard it, it was definitely disheartening especially because you know as well as I do that it takes it takes a while to build up a certain level of momentum with whatever, whether it's your your streaming numbers or whether it's social media uh, growth or your ticket sales. Anything takes a while to to build up speed, and so I felt like we were doing that. And when everything came to a screeching halt, it it just I mean it just bummed me out honestly, and uh, and then. Of course, COVID happened, but now it's really kind of cool because it feels like we're building up that that same kind of momentum that we had before, and we're just trying to keep it up and build it and make, and, and and really just deliver and make sure that we don't waste waste the opportunity that we have. And when I say we, I mean my whole team, my band. It, it's been it's been a, a beautiful journey, and I know that we're just getting started. So. Yeah, it was. COVID was definitely a, a a bummer for everybody, but things are things are looking really well right now. So we're excited. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, the tour you're on. Tell me about that real quick, because I mean, the San Amphitheater that you're playing at is a pretty big spot, right? I mean, it's what like sixty five hundred. Yeah, it'll be uh, the Randy Rogers Band and Parker McCollum and myself. I'll be uh, the first of three. And are you doing that entire tour with them? No, this is uh, I've done a couple tours with both of those artists and they're they're really good friends of mine. But um, I think this is the one I think this is one show. We did one show like this in Oklahoma, mm -hmm. but they've just kind of been these one off shows. I've actually been doing a lot of headlining stuff myself, which has been oh, cool uh, to see because that's always interesting for me to see how many people come out just to hear us play as the, you know, if we're the headliner, then there's no we're not a support act. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's always cool. You see four or 500 people show up to come see you play. That, that puts a smile on my face. Oh, yeah. That's huge. That's awesome. Because you have a big tour coming up uh, what, next month, I believe, right? All through Texas. Absolutely. That's exciting. Is this yeah. the first tour you've got, like, really a chance to do since COVID? Yeah, it, you know, it's been, again, COVID kind of threw... Uh, made things a little bit weird they've always been kind of one-off shows it hasn't felt like an actual tour like we've left for weeks at uh, two three weeks and uh, and played it's always been 
sporadic, but but like I said, now that things are, are starting to pick back up, I, I would imagine we'll be gone um, more than we're at home. So yeah, that's exciting. That's so super exciting. So with faded memories, that's the new record. You said a lot of those were done pre-COVID. Most of them, yes. Okay, and then how did that affect the the album when it when you came into it? Like, okay, we have these songs. We wait on putting it out because nothing's going on. We can't support it. And then did you go back? You said you added songs to the record, but like, was the record done, mixed, mastered, or were you able to go back and kind of tweak and re-listen to stuff a bunch of times? It was a very loose process. I mean, we, we had all the time in the world to, to work on it just because this record was done uh, over the course of, of the pandemic. But I remember there was two songs in particular. One was a song that I wrote called 30 miles. And then the second one was the Bruce Springsteen cover that we did of I'm on fire, which I've always loved that song. But those two tracks were actually recorded by my producer uh, and myself. And there was nobody else on those tracks. So there's just two of us and we overdubbed everything. So I'm playing all the guitars and the bass and he's playing the drums. And of course I'm singing it. I played the keys. And so it sounds like a full band. It sounds like a whole production, but it's really just him and I uh, being in the studio because we couldn't get any musicians. It was like right in the middle of everything and, and nobody was, was leaving their house. And so we, we went into the studio just by ourselves and, uh, and, and honestly just kind of messed around until we found something that sounded good. But those two songs off of the record were done just by ourselves because we couldn't, we we couldn't risk having a bunch of people in the same space. Wow. Okay. So those two songs did that like kind of set the the tone then for the for the rest of the record? For actually the first two sessions that we did, those were those two songs and and the and later on we were able to get some musicians in, but uh but yeah that I, I remember I distinctly remember those two songs being him and I and me thinking to myself, man, this sounds like a full band. Nobody would believe us if we told him it was just us, you know, right, right. spending hours just messing around. That's so amazing. And you said uh, you have a video that you just recently shot. Yes, that's the first song called Danced All Night Long. And uh, we filmed that in Mexico. And uh, I'm really excited about it. It's going to be a really cool video. It took us a long time to shoot because we did it uh, in one take or like one shot. So it, it never it never there's cuts. no edit. There's no edit from the beginning. It's all one one consistent uh, shot. So hopefully it uh, hopefully it comes out great. I, I know we did the, the take about nine or ten times, which was really really difficult, and uh, it was a very tedious job. But but yeah, like if we messed up once, I mean that was it. We we had to start over. So it that's was, crazy. Uh, yeah, so one crazy. shot. There you're just like okay, go, and then the whole video. Yeah, so the whole video kind of tells this story of me falling in love, me seeing this girl walk in the bar, and and she's beautiful. We kind of make eyes and 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 kind of fall and fall for each other, and and uh, towards the end of the video, we end up dancing together. But it's a this bar that we shot it in. It's got a long round bar, and so a lot of it's just kind of a, it's like a cat and mouse game of us kind of following each other and then eventually making our way to the dance floor. But when, when you see the video, it'll, it'll be really, really cool. That's amazing. I've only seen one other video in my life. That's one shot like that. I think that's such a cool concept. What video is that? Can you remember? 
Uh, it was, I can't remember the song. It's a video, you know, the band Eve six. No, I don't. They're from the nineties. I'm just too old. Uh, okay. So they they did this video and it was first song that really wasn't a hit. Uh, I don't think it was a hit. It was like years later. They had a really couple real big songs in the nineties and they did this video and the whole thing is one take and then they make it in reverse. So it looks like, so he did the whole thing backwards and then oh. it like, it's really cool. It's a cool concept, uh, but it's all in one take. Uh, that's the only other video I can ever remember doing that. And I think that's uh, such a cool idea. Yeah, I think there's a band, there's, there's a video that the band Midland did. Okay. The same concept. Um, but yeah, they're not, they're not easy to do, man. It, no, it, no pickups. <laughs> Just go. Like, you, you mess <laughs> once then the whole take is ruined and you have to go all the way back to square one and start all over oh, did you get to a point where you're like you were in the dance scene at the end and you screwed up and you're like oh i gotta go all the way back to the beginning frustrated towards the end of it but i'm glad that we we nailed it uh on the last one that's so cool man and congratulations on the the record and you know the big show in nashville coming up and of course all the shows you have coming uh through texas it's awesome thank you and William, man, I appreciate your time. I have one more quick question. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Absolutely. Um, write the best songs that you can and get, and get your name out there as much as you can, whether that be uh, making TikTok videos, going out and, and playing live performances. Uh, it, there's, there's so much content out there and there's so many people doing it that you really have to you have to set yourself apart and get in front of people. That was something that I wish that I'd, I would have realized at a younger age. But now that uh, I'm a little bit older, I, I realize how important it is to, to just be seen, to be visible, to put yourself out there. It's really important to, uh, to hustle and, and, and promote yourself as much as, as it is to, to write the best songs that you can and, and, to, and to practice your musicianship and your, your singing and all that. That's half the battle. The other half is getting in front of the right people and, and building an, an organic, organically building a fan base. And so that's the way I've seemed to have uh, to make it work for, for myself. 